Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? It's Mark Marin. This is WTF with Mark Marin. Uh, Merry Christmas uh, coming up. Happy Hanukkah. I hope everything's okay. I cannot wait anymore for this phone. All I'm trying to do is update my my stupid phone with uh, with a setting so I can get my emails again. I guess it's refresh the service book, send the service books. Every time I go to do it, I can't remember where the service books are. And now I swear to God, I have done as many combinations of a password and a name that I can. That it's almost as if I'm committed to six numbers in the lottery, and I'm just uh, I'm rearranging them all to just get to the fucking place where I can do the thing that I need to do, and I can't get there. It's it's a cryptic code that is somewhere in my mind. I know there's a sequence. I know there's a, a certain selection of passwords that I generally use, and I can't get through. So now my BlackBerry is just as stupid as I am. It can no longer do what it needs to do because I can't facilitate that, and I don't know what the hell to do about it. I mean, what the fuck am I going to do? Go back down to the Sprint store like a moron, like I was there yesterday? Oh, my God. It, it I don't know. This shit just builds up with me. I went to the Sprint store yesterday and it was one of those embarrassing sort of moments where my phone hadn't been ringing either or making the right submarine sound for when I got a text message. Now, obviously, these things aren't life or life or death matters, but they're, they're the things that we deal with every day. And and I missed I missed the noises. I missed the little noises. My, my friend, the Blackberry, my friend, uh, Mark's Blackberry, was not calling out to me from across the room to let me know that that people in the world cared about me or that people that I didn't want to talk to cared about me or at least that I was being acknowledged by the satellite in, in a moment where, where you know, maybe a quiet moment and just to hear that sonar submarine sound that I choose for text messages, it's exciting. It's like, uh, hey, I got a present or, oh, shit, that's a, that's a guilt present or, oh, that's a present I didn't even want. But nonetheless, none of that was working. So I go down to the Sprint store and by some freak of events, I get to the Sprint store and the guy calls my phone. So it's like, it's working. It rings. I'm like, that was my phone. It hasn't rung in weeks. I don't know. You don't know. There's no explanation for this. It's just a, a coincidence that I had to drive down here and look like an idiot. And now you look like some sort of genius. I'll give you the genius thing, but you're not really a genius. It just worked out and it just eats my day. It just eats my fucking day. I mean, God forbid you have a computer problem like I did yesterday. I'm helpless. I'm helpless. And I'm helpless in, in the face of this technology. And it's really unnecessary. Do we really need any of it? I mean, how important am I? That's the thing is I get the BlackBerry. I'm like, I got to get my emails at all times. I mean, what do I think is going to happen? You know, I'm not going to get the call where it's like, you know, should we attack a small country? Is it time to launch the missiles? No, no, it's it's more like, uh, are you free for lunch on, or uh, can you send me that thing? So here's what happened. So I decided to save some bread on the wireless, you know, because I'm, 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 you know, times are tough. Times are tough. They're tough for me, believe me. So I go to the Apple store, and I, you, if I can go to the Apple store and not walk out of there, you know, putting $600 on my credit card for three things, it's a miracle. But I had a goal, I had a destination, I had an object in mind. I wanted to get a wireless router. So I, I went in there and I bought the Airport Extreme. I bring it home. I got my uh, my cable modem. So I'm like, I can do this. But I didn't say it that confidently. It was more like, I, I can do this, right? 
And all I'm saying to myself, which is what I say to myself a lot, is, Mark, just don't don't fucking freak out. All right, this is this is out of your wheelhouse. You know, maybe it'll be easy. So I hook up the cable, I hook up the modem, and then I got to go into the computer to identify the modem and put a disk in to get the airport information. I don't know a lot about computers, so now we're going through steps. I'm setting up things I don't understand. All of a sudden, I've got a a, a base uh, uh, network, and then I've got a guest network, and I've got nine things on my computer. I'm putting in IP numbers. I don't even know what an IP number is. I'm trying to troubleshoot, but I have no idea. I have no idea IP, uh, WAN security at WAN. But I, you know, I don't fucking know. You know, after I reset both the cable modem and the airport modem you know no less than three or four times i i i finally sat down and said you know what i don't deserve to live how do i get to that place it's not even a matter of deserving to live how do i judge myself knowing full well going into it that i really had no understanding of this and really probably only four people do that's how this works You'd like to believe that people understand computers, and some people do, but when you're doing this kind of stuff, there, there's only three or four people that have the magic keys, and, and, and there's no way you can do it if you don't know what you're doing. So I go online to find out, you know, how do people connect the airport extreme to the Time Warner, and then I find a blog, and it's just nothing but people saying, this is ridiculous, you know, Time Warner's terrible, they don't create this or that, and it's impossible, and I'm like, well, that's not encouraging. What the hell am I going to do now? And the guy who, who put my cable in, he said, look, you know, you can use the Apple. And a lot of people use the Apple. And I'm like, well, you're going to help me set it up? He's like, no, I got another appointment. And I'm like, all right. So ne- there I am alone on an island with a jungle, which is what technology is to me on this level. So I spent no less than four or five hours. And I tried and I tried and I tried. And, you know, I kept saying to myself, dude, if this doesn't work out, we'll resolve it tomorrow. Dude, we'll resolve it tomorrow. You get somebody on the phone, you do what you got to do. But for some reason, that affirmative speak in my head surrendered to, you're an idiot. How can you not know how to do this? Almost everybody knows how to do this. You know, why aren't you uh, more adept at this kind of stuff? Why did you even buy that thing? I am so gratification oriented. I wanted to take the airport back to Apple and say, look, you lied to me. This doesn't interface with Time Warner. I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. I could just see me in the Apple store waving this thing, saying, I'm not stupid. I just don't know. And and I was lied to. I want justice. So ultimately, I just unplugged the thing. I said, well, I'll return it tomorrow or I'll call Apple. And this is where I, you know, I hate to sing the praises of, uh, of customer service, but let me tell you something. They must be hurting because I'm telling you, I'm talking to a lot more real people, a lot less automatons. And and uh, robots and uh, well, actually, you know, half robot, half person. I I called Time Warner to ask him about this particular problem, and I think I got a gay gentleman who was speaking into uh, some sort of microphone that slightly modulated uh, his voice, so it's it almost sounded like a like a, a, a sort of queeny robot. You know, I don't know if I could do it. Like, hello, this is Apple. This is Keith. Can I help you? And like, so the intonations. Were, were sort of uh, gay, but it was modulated just such. And I was, you know, I was excited because I think we should live in a time where there are gay robots. I, I mean, I think everyone should have freedom and, and be able to uh, to be proud. And I think this is a time for the gay robot. But he directed me to Apple and I got on the phone with Apple fairly quickly. And the dude walked me through every step of the way. We got the wireless working and, and, I, and it made my day. It made my day. We got the wireless working, and you know what? I'll be honest with you. 
I'll be honest with you. There was no way in hell ever in a million years I would have been able to do it myself. Never. Ever. Not, not even if it, my life depended on it and I was out of food. So, that's a little Christmas present. Not a bad day today. Uh, Christmas is coming up. I hope you're treating people in your life uh, relatively well. I know it's a time of uh, tremendous strain and stress. Like I said, I, I don't have as much problem as other people because uh, um, I, I don't have uh, a significant other in my life. I don't have a lot of presents to buy. We're not a presents family. I have three nieces and nephews that I don't know that well, and they don't really expect presents from me. And what I've been told is that you know, you know, before a certain age, they don't really remember the presents or use them anyway, so I rationalize that way. Don't need to get my brother anything because he doesn't get me anything. You want to know who I buy presents for? I'll tell you. Uh, and it might sound sad, but uh, I, bought, I bought my neighbor a present, bottle of wine, maybe give her some, uh, some WTF blend, coffee, uh, just coffee.coop coffee, and a bottle of uh, mid-range uh, wine. And I buy my mailman, I buy, I buy my mailman a, a, a nice, expensive bottle of tequila. I don't know why. I like my mailman. I see my mailman. It's a tough gig. Sometimes we chat. Tends to take care of me. Have a relationship with him. It's the right thing to do. But that's it. The neighbor and the mailman. You can look at that as sad. Okay, maybe I'll buy the roommate something. I should buy the girl something. I guess I got to get on that. Because, uh, well, you know, there's a fear like, I don't want to buy a shitty gift. Everyone, you know, sometimes you hit it, sometimes you don't. Todd Glass on the show today. Very funny. Excited to talk to him. And also uh, an interesting guest. And I know there's been a lot of interesting guests. And, and by the way, folks, I, I do want to bring it to your attention that, come on now. A lot of people think it was John Benjamin because John Benjamin was on that show. And I just want to pay some props to the performers that work with me. Uh, in, in putting this show together. And, and that gentleman was John Daly, not John Benjamin. Uh, and it's a great character. That said, uh, you know, we mix it up. We have characters. We have real people. We, you know, kind of you know, create a, a gray area for you folks because that's what What the Fuck is all about. We want you to have What the Fuck moments when you listen to What the Fuck. But this guy uh, is a piece of work. Uh, he's, a, I guess you would call a motivational speaker his name is kevin lavalley uh i uh i was interested in in what he was doing because he he talks about community he talks about something other than just straight out motivational speaking which i think is primarily selfish and self-empowering as opposed to uh community-minded so kevin lavalley is going to come in and talk about lighten up america uh something that he's been uh, trying to launch and and uh I think it sounds like something that uh, you know might be uh, a good. So we'll have him on. And coming up uh, just around the bend here, Todd Glass. In the in the garage right now is uh, comedy legend. I don't like being called that. I don't know how you feel about that because that just means that. Uh, either you're dead or no one really appreciates you or you had your time and I'm, I'm not that one. Oh, and whenever, um, um, Todd Glass, uh, hi. whenever Henry Phillips, if someone dies, Henry Phillips always comes up to me. I'm yeah. sure he does it to everybody at the improv and he goes, look, I know you probably think cause they killed themselves. You're thinking, oh, I should, but you know what? 
And I always play. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, no, nah, just guy had his time, you know, couldn't take it. He goes, don't kill yourself. He goes, I know you're thinking. I thought it last night as soon as that guy killed himself. Oh, Todd's going to think he should kill himself. <laughs> you're not the kind of guy that thinks that, are you? No, no, Ever? not at all. You don't never think about killing That's yourself. That's a good question. Um, I would only do it to, to maybe see how everyone felt after I was dead. But I realized if I kill myself, I won't know. So that's, no. that's the trick. It's like, this will really show them. Yeah. And how are you going to know? Because you we, won't know. Yeah, you're hedging your bets. I, I mean, the idea that you're going to float over everybody and go, no, no, I'm here. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> no, oh my, 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 my I'm outlook, behind you. <laughs> my outlook towards life is, I mean, obviously I get sad and I have, you know, but, but I. You have I, feelings I, and things? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't good. want to make it like everything's great, but I do, uh, I do. I like I like it here. I like hanging out. I love love being here. So I do one. too. But sometimes when it gets dark, I think like, oh my god, I'm done. I'm done. I'm exhausted. But like, it's never about because I'm tired of life. I'm literally just overwhelmed with something, and I want rest. And 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 when you get to that point, it's like rest for a long time. You know, this might seem like a weird way to show compassion towards something I can't even relate with. But like with with that, I can. I cannot. I've never been there in my life where I wanted to to end it or even get yeah. overwhelmed. But I've. I have compassion because I, this sounds like a weird way to get there. Even if I can't concept something, yeah. weird things in my life, this might seem like a weird way of connecting it. Yeah. I used to um, not understand people that had back problems and I had no sympathy towards people that had back problems. It seemed very, what, what are you laughing at? <laughs> what am I laughing at? It, it just seemed very, oh, 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 all right, you have a back problem. Then I had it happen to me. Right. And I went, oh my God, it's so real. It's so. And um, and by the way, I realized when my back went out at a hardware store, I called my doctor. He goes, try to walk home. He goes, I'm not saying this is in your head, but some of it might be. Try to take some deep breaths and let what you can go, go. Because I couldn't move. Yeah. And I realized, God forbid, in this world, if you have a problem, a muscular problem, but yeah. you're totally there mentally. Right. When I walked home from the hardware store to my house, I mean, I was walking like Frankenstein. Like t- People were pulling their kids away from me. Like I was a <laughs> mental patient. And I wanted to do, I just have a back problem. I'm not lunging at you. Can you see me walking? Like, and then I'm walking, and I and I went off the curb. It took me like a minute, and I slowly went down. I go, I'm not a ment. I fucking have a back problem here. And here's another one, which, yeah. um, nausea. When yeah. people used to say, I have to sit in the front. I'm nauseous. I thought, oh, I'll let you sit in the front. You're gonna make up a fucking story. <laughs> Now I get nauseous. <laughs> I could be driving in the car, my phone falls between the seat, I take my eye off the road or you know, whatever, even yeah, if yeah. I'm not the equilibrium goes, yeah. boom, I'm nauseous. Yeah. And you know, it's not fake. It's yeah. like so I now whatever anybody says they have, I'm, I'm you know what? I, I I feel bad for you. Yeah, that's it, karma has caught up with you. Yeah, yeah, so you've learned empathy and compassion. But I it, to me what was funny initially was this the uh, it's the idea of the of the guy that like you know, can only address other people's problems by finding some some common something that that he can like. Like here's a guy who's like, I want to kill myself, and you're like, you know what? I didn't have milk this morning. Like I, there was, I woke up, I wanted cereal. There's no milk, and I was upset. So I think I know where you're coming from. Yeah, we we we, we, we have a funny thing. We we all like. Uh, Jimmy Dore and, and us, we have the guy who can't relate, that type of guy. Like, oh, right. You tell him something that your kid died, yeah. and he goes, I know what you mean. I had a Popeye's audition today, <laughs> and I had a call back, and you go, I just told you my kid died. <laughs> I know, because it's like I was going out for the audition, and then this other guy had it. It's like, you know what? You got to let this stuff go. 
Oh, God. He doesn't even... Now, let me ask you a couple things. Uh, well, I mean, I called you and asked you... We were on an airplane, and I saw you on the airplane, then we texted some filthy stuff to each other that was inappropriate <laughs> and wrong. And Which, uh, by the way, there's nothing like text that makes best, you laugh that hard on yeah. a plane all by yourself. <laughs> you text... I was like... Well, Mark called me, and right. it was so fucking funny. Yeah. I'm on. The, I never turn my phone off. All of a sudden, my phone rings. I don't recognize you. Know, you pick it up. You go, turn your phone off. I'm like, who the hell knows I'm on the plane? I go, oh, it's Mark. <laughs> well, that's right, because I saw you come by. You didn't know I had your number. No. And and then like I when they came and said every, all electronics must be off, and I called you. And I said, <laughs> turn your phone off. Like you knew that it would be on, and then I'd pick it up. Turn your phone off. <laughs> Did it get you that last? It was fu- very funny. But how the fuck do you live in this world and not like? Here's two things that happened to me that that I have had not had to deal with in a long time because of you. One was, I texted you and I said, "What's your email?" And then you texted back, "I, I you called me and go, I, I don't have email." Yeah. One. All right. And then you did something that no one fucking does. You called me this morning and you said, and I couldn't believe it, Todd. You said, "Can you give me directions to your house?" I know because everyone Google's. Right? Who the hell does that? I know it seems. <laughs> I mean, but it was nice because that means you're an organic guy. You live in the real world. You're st- you you well, have to deal with people, and people have to take care of you. I you, think you've designed uh, your life to be so, to so be people a, a have savant. to deal with you. I don't. I don't. I'm not one of these people that thinks no one needs email. I don't want to be like that. Why do you need email? I get why certain people need it. I get how certain people couldn't live without it, and I also get how even though I don't directly use it, my life is because of email. Like even though I don't have email. You know, people want to email me. They send stuff to my managers. Uh, I have a, a, a. I thought you were going to say uh, your neighbor. No, like, no. Hey, uh, did you get anything for me today? Can I use your computer for that? Minute? Well, that's not far off. Um, <laughs> my friends always go, "Can you forward it to my abacus?" And then I see, can my CB? Can you? No, I do understand how. Like, I have a. Doesn't help me full time, but like yeah. I pay this. She's uh, I was gonna say girl. She's a woman. Yeah. Certain amount of money a month, and I have like a dyslexia. So for me to even send a thank you card to a comedy club, she helps me with that. And just so if, if someone wants to email me, they email her and she faxes it to me. Hey, you pay you pay a, a person three hundred by- three hundred a month, and it changed my life. Is that all it costs? That because, because she, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do. I can hardly do anything. I don't know how people function with jobs and children. Because like I have three things to do in a day. It takes the entire day, and then I do one of them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what happened with the email. And yeah. I'm sort of glad about this. I, you know, I thought someone told me on the road they didn't have a cell phone. Some doorman. I go, come on. Yeah. I go. I don't want to be that guy. Get. I got email. Right. And then I thought, you know what? When I need directions or something, I get it when it's necessary. But people started having, making it the way of calling me. Hey, what's up? No, no. And you know what? I got rid of it. And a friend of mine that works at the Apple store, this makes me feel better because he is computer savvy. He goes, Todd, I'm with you on the email. He goes, it's, I don't need it. I have 100 emails. I have enough trouble keeping in touch with my friends that I already have. I don't want email friendships. So I got rid of the email because people started doing it. Maybe I'm not explaining it right, but all of a sudden I opened up my email. It was like, hey, are you? do you want to go to this show on Tuesday? Call me. Text me. I don't need this. But Okay, but you're still you're okay with the texting, so it's not really about, like, I need to hear talking. I need to connect on a human level. It's not It's not about that. It's a because- mixture. Because you're right, because sometimes with the email, it's a tone. You don't get sarcasm. You end up calling someone anyway. I have misread so many. Like, you misread someone saying, well, thank you very much, and then you hear it in your head on the email. It's like, thank you very much. And you're like, you know, what the fuck is your problem? Right. So it's it's so so text I'm, is the same way. Yes, exactly. And I'm not so I'm not saying oh emails the I get emails great, but I think some I, I, you know you know let me give you an example. Sometimes technology 
it can slow you down and you don't realize it for, for certain people. It's paralyzing because it, the idea is it makes your life more convenient, right. but ultimately it'll generally complicate your life for at least three or four months before you even get the hang of it. And then like, then all of a sudden you're a slave to it. And, and the other thing is, is like now there's no excuse for you not to be available at all fucking times. Like, if you don't have your phone for a day, my mother's like, did you die? Did you die? <laughs> oh, yeah. God forbid an hour goes by. Where were you? <laughs> I know. But the, the thing with the, um, we, we just said about the email, I always over, you know, it's like, I'm, I know for a lot of people it's great, but you have to look at your individual circumstances. Like, I'll give you an example, House. I, I, I thought about this the other day. Something that supposed to make my life e- easier, and you think you have a manager, so you have him do something, and you go, wait, him dealing with this? is making my life harder. So a lot of times they'll call me and they'll go, hey, blah, 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 call. They want to do an interview when you're in Cleveland. I go, give them my number. To may pretend that I have a manager, that not may pretend, but have a manager to go, well, I could have him call them and then they call me and then I call them. No, doing it myself is easier. It's a lot easier because then the manager says, then you run into these problems. It's like, I thought you were going to call the guy. And they're like, we did call the guy and they didn't call the guy. And you're like, but he says you didn't call him. But who am I going to believe? We believe you want. We called him. What time? And then the manager gets on the phone. Like, I could have my manager call. Well, maybe I couldn't. I have to bring him a little more money before he does my airfares, or one of his assistants does his. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I know Jim Gaffigan, somebody over there might do an airfare for him, yeah. my, my manager's assistant. I can't do that yet. I got to bring him a little more money. But, but leave him when I could. Let's say yeah. I could. Right. I'd rather call the travel agent myself because what happens, I see this with my friends that are managers. The person's doing it because they think, I know so, I don't, you know, well, I have a manager. Sure, I have him do my airfares. Oh, well, no, why? Because yeah. they go, what time do you want to leave? Then they call you back. Yeah, then you have to hang yeah. up, call the, call the travel agent. And then they send you options. A travel agent? Do you still deal with travel agents? Are you actually <laughs> living in the past? <laughs> I know, isn't that sad? Wait a minute. I they, love my travel there's agent. There's no email. You don't do emails, and you don't uh, do Google Maps, and you have a travel agent. You know, everything is available for you to actually be your own travel agent. I know, but you know what? I'm what? not great on the computer. He charges me. It's 25 bucks a ticket. Let me tell you this. It's worth it. It's wor- Well, not if you're good on the computer, though. What I don't want to be. On the- I don't want to be one of those people that thinks because it's right for me that I'm over here. Why would anybody want to? Do- no, I get for but certain what- people it's better on the computer. But for what- me, what do you mean good on the computer? You go like, okay, let's say well, you like what airline do you like? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to answer. Just, you. American, right? I saw you. On I American. know, but I want to interrupt you and tell you. I'm going to bypass it and tell you. I know technically, if you've been using, I'm. By the way, I am going to buy a computer because I realize. Oh wait, oh, so you don't even have a computer? No, no. Oh, so you were hiding this? No, 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 no. no, no you were avoiding this the whole time. You <laughs> no, did, no, no. You didn't want to get to this place um, where we are right now. You no, don't, no, no. I don't mind. <laughs> you don't have a computer. I don't have a computer. But, 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 let me say this. I'm buying one. Do you because... need to feed the horses out front? <laughs> <laughs> I pull up and like, oh, no what? With yeah. the junk in it, junk man. <laughs> Todd Glass, junk man. Because, because your friends are used to you, like, because you know, I know you, but I don't talk to you about this all the time so you realize oh my god i guess i have i'm not you know coming into the 21st century but i'm buying a computer and i'll tell you why because and i you realize have a friend at the apple store yes and i realize if i open it at my house and i slowly try to use it i don't want someone to teach me i, I already from poking around i the other day i was on a friend's computer i went oh i figured out how to do that if someone tries to what teach me that? i'll get a what, headache what, what i figured it? out how to go on to get a podcast up i figured out how to, to go to like, itunes yeah and i was yeah. like okay i figured it out but I'll tell you why a computer, when you say it's easy, it's It's, it's not easy. easy. I'm not a computer guy, but you uh, have to have people show you shit. Here's how you learn. Can I tell you? Yes. Do you, do you take suggestions? And oh, of course. Information? Of course. 
What you need to find out is what you need to do with it. And when you need to do something with the computer, figure out how to do that. And that's how you learn how to use something. You can't get the, like if you get a book, like if I get a book that comes with my phone, it's like, what is this, fucking chemistry in high school? I, I can't, because there's a part of our brain, it's like, I have to learn everything. You don't have to learn anything but what you need to do. And you start there. And don't be afraid to ask people because everybody is a wizard who knows something more than you. Like I couldn't have even done this fucking podcast if Jesse Thorne from Sound of Young America didn't come over and walk me through three steps so I could actually, oh shit, is this on? So I could actually. <laughs> By the way, when I came over to Mark's house, I go, we're walking around. He showed me his, it's, he has a really cool deck. And I go, oh, where do you do the podcast? He goes, there's no podcast. I just wanted people to come over to my house. I talk about my cats and then I get awkward and then they leave. <laughs> Like you're the only guy that doesn't know. I'm the How only come guy. No one told me about Marin. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows Marin doesn't have a part. I'm sorry. I thought you knew, Todd. <laughs> well, well that's good. That's actually very good advice to someone that has been overwhelmed to go. Oh my. Okay. Oh, I don't need. And I'll tell you when I wish I would have known that. I, I I think this relates. I remember in school. It's about your back. No, no. Okay. <laughs> I had sinuses. No, I remember in school when I literally gave up. I went. This is. I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm giving up school uh, school I, I no no I, I still went but I go you're just gonna pull back just yeah. you know here you don't <laughs> write it out I could not I have I had dyslexia they didn't really know a lot about it then. how does that manifest itself am you I back am I, I backwards what do you mean oh no <laughs> you're you're upside down right now what if you completely you go no no I see your feet doesn't make any sense um but but I the first time a teacher pulled down the map yeah, uh, that would have been a good advice to have. What you just said, right? By the way, everyone, because you know, I'm sure there's three other kids like me in the class. Right. I thought I had to learn every line and right. every, and it was overwhelming. And I went, "Oh my god!" Yeah. And I stopped from that day on. I went, "I'm done learning. I can't." <laughs> That's it. I've hit my limit. I hit my limit. I'm just gonna stop. The, the and, map shut me down. Yeah, it just <laughs> shut me down. It yeah. literally, and to this day, when people the maps get me a little bit nauseous. Uh, when people want to draw them and stuff, I go, no, no, I'm a right, left, turn here. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not southwest. I'm yeah. not, you head towards the ocean. Just, yeah, yeah. I'm a right, left guy. Right. Well, no, but I, I think that if I were to really think about it, that would be why I have whatever, it's not a learning disability, but in my mind, everything has to solve, everything has to answer all questions. So I get very overwhelmed with something. Like if I, I feel I have this computer, I know right here sitting on this desk, this thing is capable of more than I'll ever be capable of in three lifetimes. And does that bother you? Well, I, I resent it, but uh, does it bother me? No, but it, like I wish I could know all that stuff, but I know at this point in my life that just by nature of how I learn things and how like difficult it is for me to keep everything organized in my mind, it's not going to fucking happen. Like It's like all these books that are in this garage. I, I'm not going to read them all, but I like having them around. Right. This but, is like, the, the, do your listeners know what this room is like? Some of them see little pictures of it. It looks like if you uh, like a, a poet and you saw a picture of him in his office, exactly like books and stuff and pictures, and it's I love it. I love the love well, the feel. It was it was an office originally. This was my office, and then uh, and then when my my wife left, which I'm okay with, and, and uh, <laughs> the. <laughs> But but now I've got a little more storage in here than I like, and I, right. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with it all. Do you need something? Do you want to? What can I give you? No, you yeah. know we were saying the other day when somebody uh, you give somebody something, yeah, and then they're over your house a month later, yeah. you know, giving them these chairs, right? You forget they have them, right? You know, it doesn't mean they were bad chairs, really, right? But right. You, and then a month later, you have over the people you gave the chairs to, yeah. and ten other people. They go, "What happened to your chairs?" You go, I got rid of them. They shit it up my whole house. And the other people, hey, talking. <laughs> what, 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 what do you mean? You, you forget they're there. You're like, or, oh no, they were good for you. Or I just else, wasn't. 
when you give somebody something, there's that awkward thing where there's party that still possesses it. So you see them, you're like, how are those chairs doing? <laughs> are you taking care of them? And they might have thrown them away and they're, they got to lie to you. Oh, I know totally. I gave someone something and it's in their yard rotting. And I go, wow. You know, I didn't care. I yeah, really yeah, didn't. Yeah. But yet I did, like you're saying. And yeah. I go, what's that? What do you... Is that table you just throwing that out? Like I wanted to make them think it was all right that you're throwing it. I yeah, go, yeah. oh, you're finally just throwing that out. Yeah, yeah. They go, no, we're just letting we want it to age. Oh, and I believed like... them. Like I really did believe them. I didn't think twice until yeah. I told somebody else. They went, they're running at age. Yeah, what, the thing was 100 years old already. What did they want it 110 years old? Yeah. Well, here's what happened to me the other night with that. Like a, a, a woman uh, that I've been seeing gave me a, a tagine, which is a Moroccan cooking uh, uh, vessel. She brought it from Morocco. It's like a clay pot thing that you can cook in. And I hadn't used it yet. So I decided I'm going to try it because I want to tell her, you know, how great it is because I like to cook. So I, I, oh, and she's going to listen. All right. Well, I guess this is the way she's going to find out. <laughs> so, so like I, I'm, I, I buy the lamb, I buy the vegetables, I buy the strange spices. You know, I'm ready to start cooking in this tagine. And I put the bottom part of it on the stove Bro. and the other part is still on the top of the refrigerator. So I go to get the ingredients out and the top part falls down and breaks. Uh, and I like I feel bad because it was a gift, but also I had my mindset on cooking in this fucking thing. So it's it's like literally seven forty five at night, and I'm like, I gotta fucking get a tagine now. So I call up Sir Latab with panic in my voice. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, do you have tagines? I don't even know if I'm saying it right. They're Moroccan cooking vessels. And the woman's like, hold on, I'll check. And she's like, we have three. I'm like, how late do you open? And she's like, we're open for another 15 minutes. I'm like, I'm, just hold it for me. I'm coming now. And I wonder in that woman's life, how often has she had an urgent call for Moroccan cooking <laughs> That's pot? That's what I was just thinking, never. <laughs> but so I got one. And now like, you know, well, now my, uh, my, my she friend. She knows. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't break it on purpose, but I did cook in it. And I'll, I'll, this I'll, is a I mean, good time. And I don't mean to put the pressure on her yeah. to find out whether she's. And by the way, I don't know how she's going to react yet. Sane or not. Because you did something <laughs> totally from. You're, 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 you you didn't it's a total accident yeah and and there's I think a sign that you care is like you feel bad about it right so she's either going to react one way which will be like oh my god how can you even tell me or she'll be like no 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 honey that's all right yeah so now it's in your court what's your name Megan Megan it's in your court was <laughs> <laughs> well I, I just didn't tell her because I, I it wasn't so much I, I don't know why we lie about stupid shit why do you hide stupid shit I understand why you hide major shit. But like little things, like I just like I felt bad because I was so excited about it, and and I you know actually I think I got a a, a bigger and better one in retrospect. Oh, don't say that. Oh, now she's pissed off again, and now it's your fault. I can't help you. No, wait. Let me just <laughs> no, let, me just try, let me try and explain it. Like 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 once I did the recipe, I realized there are two sizes, and the one that she had given me, it would have been a very frustrating cooking experience because it, it wouldn't fit, and I couldn't tell that from the Moroccan video I pulled up off of YouTube. I literally went to YouTube to find out how to do cook with this thing, and they had a video that had Moroccan music, and and like they're videoing each one of the ingredients, so you don't really get a sense of the size, and it's going in, and and, uh, and I, I the one that she had given me would have, would not have. Uh, but it was pretty, and, and I, I, I'm... And it was good food? It was great, and I'm looking forward to cooking it for her. <laughs> Do you think I made it better? No, no, no. I think it's fine. I can edit all of this out. No, don't. Hey, I wanted to, if you don't mind, but it's your show, but... What does that even mean? Well, I mean, I was going to say, I wanted to talk about something we talked about before we started the podcast. Of course, you I, can talk about anything you oh. want. If you have questions for me, I'm glad to answer them. We've known each other a long time. How long, probably... do you, how long, how, I, I would say... 20, over 20 years? Probably. Well, it's weird with comedians. I think people are starting to realize with my show in particular, because I usually go one-on-one with guys. Like, a lot of guys, I've never sat down 
and had a conversation like this with, but we've known each other for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, like Doug, Doug Stanhope, I'd never even met before, but we know of each other. We know each other's work, but this was the first time we sat down and talked. Yeah, it is amazing how often that happens and how quick you become comfortable. Like, yeah, you're right. I, I, like when I, I just did a tour with um, David Cross, and I've known him probably for 20 years, and I told my brother, it was a little weird, I go, I'm a little nervous. Yeah. And he goes, you, you've known him for 20 years. I go, I've never lived with him. You know, we're on a bus for a month and a half and you don't know like what will someone be like are they even tempered are they you know are they are they he's a cranky bastard i actually lived with him did i'll tell you (laughs) he must be in the my experience great even tempered very um i i so he's in a good spot in his life when we were younger he is in a good spot i think he's you know comfortable financially he likes his house he likes the woman he's with Mm -hmm. When, when i when i talked to him on this show i was so happy for him because like he you know he has gone through some cranky periods but he's really seemed sort of he's got some peace of mind i think he's happy with himself yeah and that was... uh, and i and i envied that but i was happy for my friend uh, uh, do you have peace of mind peace of mind um yeah yeah okay. i would say i do uh, oh but i will tell you this uh, he gave me the best opportunity i i have like um a problem like if a joke you know when a joke is fu- if the type of joke that's kevin meany funny where it's funny then it's not funny right and if you do it long enough it gets funny i have yeah. a problem with that commitment so i had this joke where it was about a um about a magic bullet no the shamwow commercial and it's i'll do it real quick it was 10 seconds where i go it wipes up juice soda coffee upstairs outside inside downstairs use it on the sofa use it on the dog use it on i do it for 20 seconds you know i know what a rag does he goes if you can do that bit for two and a half minutes yeah i'll give you two thousand dollars and i went dave you don't understand how much that like i really that that's gonna help me not on that one joke but to teach me if i can learn something and get two thousand dollars to do it i have never in my life ran a marathon done anything i'm not i started to get i called up my friend dana hey google me types of hardware floors colors dogs schnauzers i thought if i read 50 and i retain three you know yeah uh, i and i just the second night i went out he goes they're timing me i went i went on and 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 just when i knew that i i went on and on one minute i'm like what are you shitting me the next night, finally, I'm like, I go, I go, do, I go, January, February, March, I learned tricks. Yeah. Drop it on the floor in January. You can wipe up a meatball sandwich, wipe up a ham and cheese sandwich, wipe up a tomato <laughs> sandwich, wipe up. Finally, one night, I go, will you tell me when I'm at two minutes? He goes, nope, you just got to do it. If you go 10 minutes, I'm not telling you. So I did two minutes and 50 seconds the sixth night, finally. And, and how was the audience responding? It was, you know, as he probably knew, great. Like they went on and out and in and finally they picked, you know what I mean? They lost me and then they came back. And then I think there was the hardest point is when they go, I think the first one is the easiest one where they go, it's funny and then it's not, they know it's going to get funny again. But then there's a point when they're all thinking, and to me, this is the hard one. And this is why it took $2,000 to get me there. When they go, yeah, we get the joke. (laughs) We get it. And it's up and down. You're going to keep doing it. We're going to laugh more. And we're not. We've been through our cycle. And then they do it. We and that's through our cycle. Yeah, we get it. Ha ha. It's going to get funny again, but it's not. It's and a, then if you do it, they go, oh, right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. funny. You again. break them down. You break them down. So. Yeah, I, that's funny that uh, we can talk in this language where you, you, I, you've put it in a way that I never heard before. They've been through their cycle. You know, of course, from the manual, the laugh cycle. <laughs> <laughs> they've depleted that. Like if you look right. at page seven in the comedian's textbook, <laughs> yeah. the laugh cycle is limited. It's, I don't care. Zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> yeah. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah. First time with Kevin Meany, nearly. I think I punched my brother in the face i was laughing so hard i don't care zoom 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so you went home for Thanksgiving? I, I I didn't go home. I went home last Thanksgiving, but th- when you said that, it made me think of last Thanksgiving and also um, this Christmas. You reacted like it was just a couple of yeah, weeks because, ago. Uh, it's because I'm dealing with it going home for Christmas. It's very... Uh, it's I, I, And again, like for my mom, it's just such... Everything is a it's a big production and it's like yeah i get to get the tree up and i live my life like the opposite like yeah. when i get ready for christmas i'm not kidding you to, to me i'm like me pretending my mom's watching me and i want to say see how easy was that and here's what i have i have a box of stuff and it's in the garage two boxes of christmas it's in a it's in a even a green and red box you buy it home depot so i know there's christmas yeah I pull it out, I walk it into the house, and I put it on the sofa. Then I have a little bit of coffee. Then I start pulling things out of the box. That goes up there. All I know, 10 minutes later, all the Christmas stuff is out. And then the other box is stuff for the tree. Right. And that gets neatly put near the door. Uh Maybe two days later, I buy a tree. The stand's already on it. Yeah. I come in the house, I put it up, and... um. I just slowly, you know, three or four here. I have some friends over. Everyone put up two two things on my tree, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's done. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I go, Mom, what are you what, what are you doing? I did it. What are you doing? And I try to teach her. What but, did she do? Oh, I got to get the tree, <laughs> and I got the lights, and I threw them out. I go, Mom, what happened to all the decorations? She goes, I threw them out last year. They were too, they were old. I go, Mom, that's what's cool about decorations. But I got to, and she did the thing, and I got to cook this. I go, don't cook. Stop. And I just try to, try to get her to enjoy her life. My brother said, you know what, Todd? Just maybe let her do her stuff. The minute you get her as calm as she needs to be, she might pass away. You know? <laughs> like, maybe that's what keeps her going. You know, because she acts like a 30-year-old. So maybe I should just let her do it. It is thing. what keeps people going. I've seen it in comedy a lot. You're like, oh my God, is he, that guy's still doing it? What else is he going to do? Yeah. I'm not going to mention names. You know, <laughs> insert name there. It doesn't matter who, but... I'm trying to think. But, but like, my father's the same way. He's working his ass off. He's 72 years old. What does and he do? Well, he, he was a doctor. He is a doctor. And but he doesn't. He's not in private practice anymore. And so, what type of doctor? Orthopedic. But now he's into uh, wellness and uh, pain management. So he, he, it's very funny because he had this huge practice. He was a successful sort of you know wealthy doctor. And after certain events in his life and this that, and the other thing, now he's running a pain management clinic at a strip mall. And I'm like, you're just one of the people now, aren't you? <laughs> you pain management is a. It's it's really quite a. Is it interesting? Is, is it? Uh, it's not a. It's all real, and you believe. No, it? no, he's a legitimate doctor, and he's very smart. But he's like he's sort of shifted from, like he's always had a problem with uh, bureaucracies, hospital administrators, insurance companies. They he always felt that they stand stood in the way of his ability to practice the kind of medicine he wants. And now some shift because he doesn't do surgery anymore. Uh, you know, he's all into preventative medicine and and treating pain and and getting people on diets and nutrition. He's become quite an interesting guy, but he also does, like he makes rounds of prisons and he's always befriending prisoners. He's like, this guy's really all right. You know, he killed two people, but you know, you sit down with him. He's a nice guy. And I'm always like, dad, don't invite him to the house when he gets out. (laughs) Is your mom still in the picture with him? No, no. My mom's uh, out of the picture and in some other picture in Florida. But but your dad sounds like he's forward thinking. Like he's- he's... He is. He's he's always thinking and he's very, but the, the example was, is that like, he loves to work. Like in my mind, if someone gave me a million dollars, I'd be like, great, I'm done. You know, but like, it doesn't matter how much money, like he's not making the money he used to, but he just loves to be like, I, you know, I'm busy as hell. Wait, that's wait, but it, that's a good, you just said that because for what we do, you know, we, if you love what you do, then it doesn't change it drastically, just what you can do. So if someone gave you $5 million right now, yes. you know exactly what you would do? I yes, sort of do. I do. What? I, what? I, okay. I would, um, I'd make a decision right away to either like redo, like, you know, get my deck done. 
Uh, you know, but, maybe but, get... but in the business, what about your, your you would not you'd still do stand up, wouldn't you? I would do stand up, but I would really reassess, you know, because the way I'm looking at it now, like I'm just starting to have some peace of mind in my life. I'm just getting over a lot of demons. I'm actually starting to, you know, feel comfortable with myself and enjoy certain things. I would probably have to make a list of like what is like the 10 things that I would really enjoy doing, whether they be travel. How could I enjoy myself? Those would come first before like, you know, like great, I'll put that in the bank and I'm going to go down to the UCB. You, you know, like there, there, there's an outside, there's an outside chance that if they give me a lot of money and I had a date booked at Giggles in Seattle, I'd be like, you know what, I'm canceling that. You, you know, but you know, usually in our business, the money comes with a certain amount of recognition. So you're telling me that I get five million dollars and like a hundred thousand new fans that love me, or am I just getting the five million dollars? Well, the five million. I always look at it this way. There definitely be. It's funny you go right to your deck because I and I think. Really? And I, but I go right to it's this dangerous. bathroom. It's I have a dang- bathroom I want to fix. It's and- dangerous out there. It's not that, like, I'm not a materialistic guy. I don't buy shit. I, you know, I don't spend money. But I think what I would probably do is I would think a bunch of places I really want to visit, you mm-hmm. know, and... Um, you, ne- you never thought, like, because I always think that, too, and then I think... If you really believe that you're funny, you take some of that money and you produce your own HBO special or Comedy Central special and you submit it to them. And if you're, and if you're, if you're, you know, the odds are that if it's done right and it is funny, that you get a, you get a chance to go see. I did it myself and they loved it. Or do something like that where you would take out a. I always think about like if you took out a campaign and put billboards all over the city, but you had, but you had. I'm, I'm pulling that out of my butt. But and you, just you like understand. Have my, hey, have my picture and say, hey, I got money on HBO tonight. <laughs> 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 no, like if you were in a city and you had the money. Now it's different. You're not and most people that have money for billboards are people that don't have anything to do with their talent. Like who was that famous woman in L.A. that had the billboards? Okay, all so over? wait. So what you're asking me is something different now. So like, like I I love doing this podcast because no one can tell me what to do. It's just me and Brendan doing what we want to do with freedom of mind. I talk to who I want to talk to. No one can take it away from us, and I like that feeling. So I think if I had money to afford, you know, maybe getting you know someone to to work for me in a way of keeping me organized like you have perhaps have a publicist and then set up a bunch of dates that you know where i could you know rent a room and then publicize my own dates and that right. kind of stuff i would do that right i would also you know shoot uh, uh i would love to shoot a special but like in in my mind like a lot of times you do things and they're done and still just the same amount of people is going to come no matter what you do uh, you know what i mean i've been around long enough to know that like i have fans there's not millions of them, but they're loyal, and I like them, and they understand yeah. me. So if I could give them something, you know, that that they could come to, like a lot of people, I don't get out on the road much because, you know, for some reason I'm unbookable in certain markets. Like certain clubs are like, I don't know, Marin is he's polarizing, he's you know, like whatever. But but I'd like to perform for the people that have never seen me, so I'd I'd right. figure that out. Well, you know, you know what I I realized from sort of just reacting to the tail end of what you said as far as like you know there's certain really good comedians and then you know they don't get used at some of the improvs or funny bones these five sometimes three to six hundred seat rooms um i i just saw something that reminded me of when i first started comedy i was in bloomington indiana yeah i want to do that room and you know what i realized i was realized that first of all they would love you to do that room and i realized that they don't have the the overhead and all this stuff that makes it hard to bring in a comedian that maybe is a great comedian respected. There was a hundred and sixty seat room. That's the best. And, I can give me a little room. I'm, I'm yeah. it's so much better. Eighty to a hundred and forty seats. It's great. What a great every night. I was like, it was just like being. It was like it was just. It was all great. I would just go on stage. I started doing this. Uh, you ever? I used to look at it and think, oh, and now I you ever sit on stage ever? Yeah. 
it's me. You're talking to Mark Maron. You sit. You sit. Yeah. I, I used to. I used to sit for the wrong reason, but now I like. I, when I was at the Laughing Skull, I sat for the entire show because a lot of guys were sitters, and and I like sitting. But when I when I used to sit was like the moment where it's like, oh my god, I'm not getting them. <laughs> so so in were order to counteract panic, panic, I'd be like, I'm failing. I'm gonna sit, and then I right. sit. But yeah. now I'm just sort of like I like to see how much I can do from the chair because like I'm a guy that. When I started, there was a lot of bravado, so I do a lot of the pacing, and I'd be over here, and I'd be over here, and I, you know, I was big, and I was up in their face, and now, like, I'm sort of like, you know, what can I do just from the chair? Well, if you think about it, and again, it's with everything, you do whatever's right for you. I'm not, yeah. uh, I'm not uh, lobbying that everybody should sit, but if you were talking to two, just just as a just as a conversation concept, if you and two people were uh, standing and you bumped into somebody and, and you were talking and you and you decided, hey, you know what, I got, you have any time to kill? Eventually you would sit down. Right. You're not going to stand. So I'm going, why am I standing? One night I said, and still I do stand sometimes, but when I sit, I go, I can concentrate more. And I think that's why even as two human beings just hanging out somewhere and eventually if you're talking and 10 minutes goes by, you go, hey, you want to grab a seat? Why? What? What? Because you know, we're talking. We, we should sit and right, talk and right. concentrate on talking, not walking and standing. You know, yeah. it's like... Now, as I think that, I'm so paranoid. I went, well, you could take a walk and talk. Sure. You could take a walk and talk. And certainly when you're making a presentation in front of people, it's probably better to stand. And stand up comic. Uh, I'm going to go back to standing. All right, Todd. Well, I think we can end there. You want to stand up now? No. (laughs) What if we were both standing? (laughs) Let's sit down. (laughs) Can we We sit down? Yeah, we should sit down. We're standing. (laughs) All right, we're going to sit down if you don't mind and have a real conversation. Ah, this was fun. It was. I love this. We'll do it again. All right, thank you. It was uh, good times. Todd Glass. Okay, got a sort of a, an interesting guest in the garage today. Uh, as you know, I I do believe in people's power to to come together and help one another. I, it is something I, I think that I've spoken about before that it's very easy to get angry at people over bullshit and this that, and the other thing. And it's very hard to, to find a, a common thread. So today I brought in a guy that uh, I, I did a little research on him. It was, he's actually referred to me. It's Kevin Lavalley. Uh, and he has uh, embarked on something he, he calls Lighten Up America, which is really to reinvigorate uh, a community intolerance. Is it not, Kevin? Among other things, it is to reinvigorate, it is, is, is to remind, it is to encourage, it's to bring people together. And most importantly, Mark, as you said, and as, as we are, uh, Lighten Up America. Everybody needs to take a deep breath, relax, center, focus, and, uh, and and those are our goals. Those are our goals. That's great. And now, do you? Uh, is it? How, how does the operation work? And is it a motivational speaking thing, or is it? Yes, yes, yes. That's that's ultimately where I see myself in this in the grand scheme of things with Lighten Up America. I I see myself as being the voice. Uh, I see myself as being the driving force. And Lighten Up America really got its origins in Michigan. Um, I was at the. Uh, the uh, I was working the church camp circuit, basically. I started out as a counselor, mm-hmm. uh, driving kids back and forth to the uh, lakefronts and various things of that nature. And, and while I was driving the kids, I'd, I'd, I'd have conversations with them, just typical every day, how you doing, what's going on, what, what, what's bugging you, what's making you happy. And from there, I developed a relationship with the families and the kids where I 
kind of considered myself a go-to man, and I thought, why not capitalize on it? Right. Why not take my gifts yeah. with communication and, and, and set out to lighten up America? What we're doing, Mark, we're really beginning to establish an idea that will become a, a social norm. Okay, in the United States. Okay, which is which is you know let, let let's all come together and, and lighten up and we'll we'll shoulder this burden together. So you go to a say a convention center, you're booked. If when I go to a convention center, mm-hmm. for example, one of our first presentations is going to be take the edge off. Let me just ask you something. Just right. consider. Okay, what what stresses you out now? What makes you edgy? What in your world today makes you edgy? You live in Los Angeles, California, and I got to say, this place is awesome. It's my first time here, mm-hmm. and uh, I like the fact you can ski and swim and horseback ride all in the same day. Sure, unbelievable. Sure. Yeah, but what about this city? What 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 element? Okay, like right off the bat, traffic. Sure, Tra- traffic sure. makes me edgy, and also like my health insurance is about to run out. Do yeah, you ever what... do you ever notice the drivers? That would be those that would cause you specifically stress. I mean, you're a light guy. You're a, you're a humorist. You're you're a comedian. You have a sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if people would call it light per se, but I, I but yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm a funny guy, so that means that I'm bringing a certain amount of light into the world. Well, there is that kind of light. Right. There there is a, a feather light. There's a the weight, a, a, a lightness of being, mm-hmm. and then there's a greater sort of all encompassing light. All right. Well, it doesn't matter who it is. It's just usually I can't really put a blame on a person for traffic. I mean, sometimes it's about nothing. Well, blame may not be the right word, but awareness, recognition, um, clearing up misinformation, mm. uh, addressing issues that might have led to the darkening, uh, the dark state that we're in in the United States right now. I mean, let's face it. It's a dark place. And, and there are many reasons. There are many places we can go. A lot of the things are unsure economically. Unsure. And, and as a result, there is this dark cloud that exists. And some may say it's Afghanistan. Some may say it's the economy. Some may say uh, it's a health issue. We have got to lighten up America. I understand that. I, mm-hmm. I just don't, I, I just don't understand. Do you guys, uh, do you sing? Do you, do you have a, a, you know, like a five point program? Do you, we, we have a program that begins with a motivational mm-hmm. presentation by myself that has everybody kind of look around at each other. Yeah. It's, it's not about me. It's right. not going to be me talking about my ideas. It's going to be me as a catalyst to the audience, to the Americans that show up, to our, our presentations and to our assemblies and to our workshops, sure. looking at one another okay. and, and seen- seeing the light. Kind of a new thing. It's kind of a brand new thing. I, 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 well, I, mean, I'm, 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 I guess I'm not, I'm not getting the light. I mean, I'm like, I'm not getting, you know, like I, I need a little more uh, definition or mm-hmm. because I mean, I, it's easy to say like, you know, let's, uh, let's have a lightness of being, let's head towards the light. But I mean, you're sort of using it as a catchphrase and, uh, I'm not hearing the methodology. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough. Mm. I'll be straight with you. Okay. I was going to save this for the presentation. I didn't want to debut right. this particular angle, okay. but, um, right. but, but fair enough, fair enough. Uh, it's, it's a growing process. It's right. a learning process. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm not claiming that I, uh, I'm I, all I've about, I'm all about, I'm ordering all... the market. Right. I'm all about helping people here. Say what you will about our commander in chief, president Obama, say what you will right. about our commander in chief, president Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. There is one factor that has been completely lost on the mainstream media, 
the far right media, the far left media, mm. um, the the comedy shows at night, the news analysis programs. One specific aspect that makes President Obama universally, globally accepted and somewhat unique. Mm. Uh, what is it that's bringing hope from a from a man like that? The courage that we're not recognizing. I ask you that. Just think about what is the courage. It's a, a, so you. I guess you're going towards because you know he's he's got uh, he's he's got lightness. Like he's he's full of light. You're close. Uh huh. You're getting very warm. Let me walk you through. Let me walk you through events that transpired that may not be documented. That may not be on the consciousness of everybody. Okay. Where is Barack Obama's father from originally? Africa. That's right. Yeah. Right. And his mom? I believe Kansas. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Those are both correct answers. Right. As a man and a woman from completely different cultural backgrounds, what do you suspect the two of them recognized? That being that Barack Obama's father, Mr. Obama. Yeah. Was a very learned, very intellectual, yeah, very global right. human being, right. but but yeah, possibly limited due to the fact that he might not have always been able to take full advantage of the American way. He brought a darkness. His darkness was his reality. Wait, was, whoa, whoa. so you mean you're talking about his personality? I'm talking about his pigment. I'm talking about the darkness of his skin. So his father was black. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was black. He was very black. What In does fact, it have to do with anything? It has to do with the fact that Barack Obama's father recognized that the limitations that he or any of his offspring might have due to the fact that he was dark would put any child in a tr tremendous disadvantage. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He found it? a white woman. He went to Kansas where we've got some of the whitest, some of the purest snow white women in the world. I'm not sure they met there. I'm pretty sure that... I, I'm not even sure I like where this is going, but I'm going to indulge you. All right. It may not be easy, and I don't want you to be hard on yourself if you're, if you're struggling. Try not to resist. I'm not going to be hard on myself. Try not to resist. Try to embrace the lightning of America. Lighten up America. All right. So you mean lightning in, in, in terms of... Like skin? We are, including a lot of people like yourself, too, are, are light-skinned people. I, oh are God. white All right, people I don't know are light. It. The term, the politically but correct what? term is light skin. I'm light-skinned. I'm an American, and I am light-skinned. I don't think it's used that way. You know, you don't, you know, you have to say I'm an American, which means I'm light-skinned. But what is this point you're going to make about Obama? I'm saying that his father and his mother knew the best chance that we have as a country to grow, to find hope, and to lighten up is to literally, I'm talking absolutely physiologically speaking, literally lighten up. We need to get the dark pigmentation within our populace back to where they need to be so that we in the United States can lighten up and then lighten up. And that is the message. And that is the breakthrough that we found at Lighten Up America. It's an idea that was like in front of my face. It was just so obvious when I hit upon it. I could not believe like Eureka. It was the aha moment it's that a, we all look for. But what you're saying is that we need to get people who are not white where? Where did they go? Where did they come from? Here. No, no, no. 
technically not here, not now, not today. There there have been some cultural and, and evolutionary circumstances that with land bridges and so on and well, so forth. What makes you different than some sort of uh, you know Aryan nation person? What makes you different than a skinhead? What makes you different I than... I don't hurt people. I don't physically assault people. I don't use racial I, slurs. I'm willing to believe I that am... you hurt some of my listeners right now, that you hurt their feelings with this with this separatist, racist agenda. You know, we... You know, you start off with this sort of like happy bullshit, and now here we are. Change, change is hard. Change does hurt. So I would not be at all surprised if I did hurt some of your your listeners. Not my intent. What about my black listeners, my uh, my uh, Latino listeners, my my uh, Asian listeners? Can uh, they my, not my, not can they not with this technology listen to you wherever they are in the world? And and has not what the the the, the courage that Barack Obama's father had and his mother to say let's let's take the step, let's lighten up. When you think about Michael Jackson, one of our greatest artists ever making attempts, being held out as a freak, being held out as somebody who in some way has lost his mind, yet at his death, which was exactly the time when I had my epiphany, and it became so clear to me, the celebration, the respect, everybody coming together for Michael Jackson, the white man who gave his life for us to entertain. Wait, so you're saying that Michael Jackson was a hero because he made himself white? Right. You know what? I, I I don't I don't agree with any of this. I'm sorry that we got into this conversation. I don't know why the fuck my friend Tom told me that you would be a good guest. And I I just find what you're what you're saying is reprehensible. It's racist. It's uh it's it's it it it's no different than 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 uh, than a white supremacist or than the Aryan idea the 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 idea of of racial cleansing. I mean. And that's what you're saying, isn't it? I mean, you're saying that our president, our president's black, okay? He, Blackish. He's more white than than black. But, but, when but, I see the president, right, the right, glass so, is right, glass is half full. That's fucked up. Now let, let me just ask you something. What do you think? So what do we do with the president then in this uh, in your in the lighten up America? This lighten up America will not happen overnight. It'll happen mostly during the day because at night not a lot of work gets done with lighten up America simply based on the fact it's dark at night and that's just not a fruitful time that's for, well, that's when people sleep but over time when people begin to recognize that what we all want what we all want no matter what where or who we came from i want the chinese in china i want the blacks in africa i want the browns in south america and i want the lavalleys right here in the good old united states and as a passable Caucasian, a light person. I want you with us too. I'm a Jew. That can be worked out. No, it's not. This isn't a matter of working anything out, uh, uh, Kevin Lavalley. I, I want to say that because I don't want to. I don't want to be misunderstood here. This is a racist agenda. I, I know you, you talk very pleasantly, but you're no different than a white supremacist. And and I think what you're saying is is heinous. And you know, God bless the fact that we're moving in the other direction. People that think like you are, are on their way out. They're on their way out, and you're going to be outpopulated by the brown, the yellow, and and the uh, what, what was the other one? The black, the black, yeah, the brown, you're, you're, the yellow, the red. The red. What's red? Well, these are individuals that migrated from Canada through Soviet Union. We call them Indians. That's fucking ridiculous. It's light. I've lightened up. Obviously, you haven't. Perhaps your listeners aren't ready to. But I still appreciate this time you've given me, 
and I appreciate an opportunity yeah, to well, say I, my piece. Get the fuck out of my garage. Just get out of my garage. This way? Yeah. Okay, that's it, people. I'm sorry it got so uncomfortable there with uh, Kevin LaValle, but you, I had no idea we were going in that direction. I don't uh, enjoy that direction, but I want to thank Todd Glass for being here. Todd Glass, uh, truly one of the funnier people I know, and it was great getting to know him uh, with you people. I hope you enjoyed that. Here's a couple of things that I want to talk about before we get out of here. I know this is a, a far away, but I, I tend to, uh, to not promote myself more than promote myself, but I will be in laughs. At Laughs in Seattle, January 15th and 16th. You can go to laughscomedy.com to make reservations and get involved in that. I think I'm there on the 14th as well. See, that's what I do. I sabotage the self-promotion. Like, yeah, those are the dates, I think. I don't know. Maybe you should check. I don't know. Go to punchlinemagazine.com for everything you need to know about comedy uh, in all ways. Uh, It's a great resource. And if you're a fan of comedy, punchlinemagazine.com is the place to check shit out. That's all I'm saying. And please, WTFPod.com and get on that mailing list, will you? So I can at least, when I do finally get out of my garage uh, and, and go somewhere, I can let you know where I'm going and maybe you can uh, come down and see me. I literally have been in this garage. I have not changed my clothes in three days. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I've swept in this shirt twice. That's one of the benefits or one of the sad parts of being self-employed and working out of your home. You never have to change your clothes and you don't have to shave. Folks, if I say this again in two weeks, someone come come get me. Please, I'm becoming a hermit. Don't let it happen. Please don't let it happen. And also, I'd like to get behind this because I'm part of it, and I'm excited about it. Jesse Thorne from uh, The Sound of Young America and Jordan Jesse Go uh, does this big, fun, funny retreat at Lake Arrowhead, May 7th through 9th. Uh, from what I understand, uh, you know, I get to eat and hang out in a sort of, uh, you know, high-end resorty kind of cabin, outdoorsy, campy thing with uh, with my buddy Al Madrigal is going to be up there. Maria Bamford, Jimmy Pardo is going to be there. There are going to be workshops and crafts and cooking classes and comedy performances. Andrew WK is going to jam. I heard a rumor that Hodgman might be up there. But uh, if you if you want to be part of that, uh, I, I definitely would like to see you up there. You can go to uh, MaxFunCon. Dot com because the event is called Max Fun Con, and uh, I've heard nothing but great things about it. I think that's all I got to tell you. Uh, I hope you are all well, and I hope you have a safe holiday season. And uh, despite the fact that it's very frustrating and very awful and very stressful, uh, try to enjoy something. Try to enjoy some of it. Uh, try to you know, be nice to somebody. And if somebody doesn't like the present you got them, do do you know, don't get mad at them. You know, just just try to deal with it. I mean, even though it does reveal that you really don't know them that well and you completely misread them and perhaps your relationship is not what it should be and and it could be a deal breaker. But try to get over that until at least into the new year. And before we go, I I would like to to give a very uh, special holiday greeting. Is it greeting? Is it wishes? Yo, fuck it. I just want to thank Brendan McDonald, who produces this show uh, and uh, does a great job. And I got to be honest with you, I, I couldn't do it without him. And he deserves uh, a lot of, uh, I'm just going to give him a little applause. So Merry Christmas, Brendan McDonald and his wife, uh, his lovely wife, Dawn. I hope you have a wonderful uh, Christmas and New Year. And uh, I'm eternally grateful to you and also eternally uh, grateful to you listeners. Please uh, be careful. Thanks. <laughs>